I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Good afternoon and welcome to the 134th episode of Serious really? Issues, a Whitley comic book podcast. Is that an important number to you? No. No, it's in your culture. Just, it's oh, a lot of numbers. 134, the lucky number. <laughs> it's my true age. Uh, my name is Levins. My name is Siobhan. I'll be, I'll be 130 years, wait, I'll be 100 years less than that next year. Oh, okay. Not Also, not, not, not worth pointing out, but I did. Yeah, 34, the big 3-4. That's a, a lucky. My culture consider that one very lucky. Um, every week on Serious Issues, we go through all of last week's comics and uh, let you know which ones we loved. And guess what, Siobhan? The what? 134th issue episode is significant because I finally figured out what to do with our Patreon. Ah, nice. We have... Finally. We always read all these, like, uh, you know, extra trades and, and mm-hmm. like, you know, go back and reread things each week um, in the small window before we have to the read all we of the new comics. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, usually we let them pile up and then record, like, every few months, like a big, like, mm. bumper episode of uh, just, like, you know, going through all these things that we vaguely remember reading. Um, nice. As of this week, if you are a Patreon supporter of Serious Issues at the $5 level, um, you will get access to... And like every week, provided we were able to, um, it's mostly on me to be more organized and get here early enough so we can do it. So if, if you miss one, it's my fault, not Siobhan's. Put cool. it out there. I like this. <laughs> I like this plan already. Uh, we're going to do a post episode um, in cool. which Siobhan and I are going to talk about uh, one or two trades each. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I can tell you that uh, i got some with me right now. So after we record today's episode, I'm going to tell you about an ah, image sick. book. Oh, I still haven't gotten to that. Called it's on the, my shelf. the Pervert by Remy Boydell. Great, great, great. And I'm also going to talk about a book that I know you've read oh, too. nice. No, I haven't. I never got to it. God great. Damn. Okay, cool. You can borrow both of these once I finish talking about them. The Bo- my Boyfriend is a Bear by Pamela Ribbon and Kat Farris. Um, and I'm going to talk about uh, Paul Chadwick's Concrete um, which is like a very old series, and Jeff Smith's Razzle, which I just read the first volume of, so I'm pretty excited to talk about those. Awesome. I think these are both books that we've mentioned on previous episodes, yeah. um, but it's, I, I've finished both those trades now. They've been sitting on my bedside table for months, mm. um, and uh, it's going to encourage me to like... Like, I've got that, you know, the new Sean Phillips and Ed Brubaker oh, book. Nice. Yeah. Have you read that yet? No. And so I'll read that this week, and then I've also got the second edition of... Um, 
uh, the second volume, sorry, of uh, My Brother's Husband. Great, that awesome great, great, manga great. Uh, from last year. So I think I'm going to try to read them for next week. Nice. I've been uh, slowly making my way through my first ever Transformers series. Oh, yeah. And i got some thoughts to share. Yes, please. Mostly it's, why do all these robots look the same? <laughs> yeah, how are you supposed to tell the difference? Why do some have boobs? Explain it to me. Don't explain it to me. I don't care. How come they, they sometimes refer to themselves as people? Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. Oh, anyway. I, you know... I am sure that there are good stories within the Transformers. Oh, there are. Universe, I'm reading one. Yeah. But the central conceit of it, I just, I just can't get behind it. I just can't bring it in within. It's that classic case it. of when, like, something is invented around a toy, and yes. then like someone who loves it goes, "No, no, no, let's invent the law around it," and and then they just fall in love with that law. And I, you have to admire that. No, I don't. You, you have to. <laughs> They have to. No, absolutely not. I refuse. Uh, Sorry, so, yeah, um, head over to patreon.com slash serious issues podcast, pledge just a couple bucks, and uh, that will get you access to, hopefully, uh, yeah. an extra an extra big chunk of content every single week. Um, and uh, I'm really excited about this. And this yeah, is me too. actually a really cool idea. I'm into it. Um, Good job. to talk about. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, patreon.com slash serious issues podcast. Um, there's already a ton of uh, content there that you can uh, get access mm-hmm, to immediately, mm-hmm. plus new weekly stuff there. Anyway, enough about that, Siobhan. Let's talk about this week's books, or last week's books. We begin every episode of Serious Issues by going through all the new number ones from last week, and we call this segment First Things First. Um, again, every single comic that we talk about on the show is uh, given to us very graciously by King's Comics in Sydney, and uh, you can come and visit. Oh, no, I forgot the, n- the address. 403 George Street, which is opposite Demix. Okay. And opposite, have you seen, have you noticed that there's a giant um, billboard of the lovely Nate? Oh, like, what? Almost just across the road from us, outside the Samsung. Where's Nader? Store. Over there? Back that way. Anyway, what's what's he doing? You. I'll show you after. Holy shit, Mid look dance. at him. Yeah. Mid-dance with headphones. His classic dance move. Exactly. <laughs> like hilarious. directly across the road wow. from a billboard of the handsome, lovely Nate. How long ago was that taken? Really recently, but That's they awesome. shaved his face, so he shaved off a good, like, 10 years <laughs> of his already baby-like face. <laughs> Disgusting. Uh, yeah, so come to King's Comics uh, if you're in Sydney. If not, head to kingscomics.com and you can buy every single comic that we talk about on the show and all the trades that we talk about in the post show as well. Absolutely. Um, first things first time, uh, I wanted to uh, start with what was far and away my favourite uh, number one this week. Oh, I mean, that's not a hard... Sure. <laughs> but, you know, when you, when you get a book that's called Murder Falcon... Um, without figuring out who the uh, who the creator behind it is, I was just like, "What the fuck is Murder yeah, Falcon?" Yeah, yeah. Murder Falcon is the new book by Daniel Warren Johnson, who previously gave us Extremity, uh, a one book. of my favorite books of last year. Yeah, I think. absolutely, an incredible, uh, very very heavy uh, look at war and and what war does to families. It was yeah. a brilliant contained twelve issue run. Uh, that was just like excellent from start to finish. Yeah, gorgeous um, art. He did the whole like he's a you know guy who does the whole thing himself. So he wrote it, drew it, coloured it. Maybe he didn't colour it. Mike Spicer is his colorist. Um, but anyway, that was great. Um, and so his new project is Murder Falcon, and Murder Falcon is a book that boldly asks the question: What if Dark Knight's metal was good? <laughs> this is not. That's not. I don't think that's an accurate. Okay. representation of what this book is like there is a a, 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 a rift in the, like a, a door to a dimension that's opening that's threatening our, our very earth yep and it is up to a um, a sad man to sad channel man. the powers of, of metal to yes. save the world mm. which comic am I talking about Dark Knight's Metal or Murder <laughs> Falcon because they're both like if you if you get to the heart of it you know when, when, when but there was no I don't know why I'm even bothering to argue this point but there was no metal music in Dark Knight's Metal I mean it was implied it was, they, they, yeah, they posted it, the soundtrack explicit. That you anyway. were meant to listen to as you read it at the end of it. God, that sounds like my worst nightmare. Um, Metal is the one style of music that I just find really... I don't... I can never get behind it. There is something so endearing and sweet about 
a certain type of metal fan. Oh, yeah. And that is what we have here as the star of yes. Murder Falcon, um, a, a guy who uh, we learned later in the comic uh, uh, lost his wife mm-hmm. um, to a sickness. Mm-hmm. Um, that she never recovered from, um, and uh, has been down the dumps and has given up playing guitar since it broke. Um, but uh, yeah, we have the opening scene is uh, there. There is a big monster fight going down, and um, it's between like a classic. I mean, this, this monster could come straight out of Extremity. It's the yeah. only thing that you, only similar thing that you would see in both Extremity and Murder Falcon is this big gross Kaiju. monster. Um, and uh, the first uh, the first person to, to step out of a big uh, purple sorry big blue van to uh, fight the monster is our hero who uh, wields a guitar and claims that he he brought metal and when he uh, strums does a big old riff um, out comes a uh, enormous anthropomorphic eagle with a metal arm um, who fights the monster called Murder Falcon Murder Falcon or Murph yeah which is adorable. <laughs> And so this is like yeah, a surprisingly sweet book that kind of like looks at loss and mm-hmm. and uh, you know is also a big kaiju fighting book and yep. uh, and it's about you know finding the strength within you I guess hmm. um, and also like about finding a friend in a murder in a big, falcon in a big falcon um, I didn't I didn't love this if I'm honest like I like I love Daniel Warren Johnson's art and I love the colours and the story was sweet but it's just not something that like necessarily especially appeals to me Um, but I can definitely see that this is something um, that would appeal to a huge amount of people I think that this is far and away a billion times better than um, what's that one by Ulysses Farinas that came out a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, something, yeah. something with Joe some bros Casey. of metal. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. I would I would rather read this than that, and well, I think this is a better uh, version of that kind of concept. Um, but yeah, it's not especially for me. Do you reckon you continue with it though? Nah, damn, just not for me. That's like, crazy. But good, even actively good. Enjoy yeah. it. Have a nice time, but just not for me. What if? Well, let's play Mad Libs here for a moment. Okay. I'll read out the final lines of this book. Okay. Um. In, uh, okay. So our main character says, how can I help people when I'm so messed up? And mm-hmm. then Murder Falcon says, by doing what you've always done best, shredding. What if Murder Falcon said, by doing what you've always done best, knitting? I would probably be into that. Yeah. Genuinely. <laughs> if this was not about metal music and as about the crochet. basic thing, it was, it was like about w- traditional women's crafts, <laughs> basket weaving or something, I would 100% be into it. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm either going to really nail this or Siobhan is going to be like, you fucking prick. <laughs> no, but it's very true. <laughs> um, so yeah, Murder Mer- Falcon gets two uh, bloody thumbs for me. Yeah, and two uh, two thumbs but on someone else's hands. Two crocheted thumbs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> two of someone else's hands. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to this continuing. I think Daniel Warren Johnson is such a great talent oh, and I yes. love that he's just you know moved on to something completely different Absolutely. but also entirely his own creation. Absolutely. If anything, I'm just massively appreciative of the fact that he is continuing to do his own books from his own voice and doing something so different to what he did last time other than Kaiju being involved. There you go. Uh, So DC put out one number one this week and it was a big 80-page giant that they are... 1695 AUD, everyone. Whoa, fucking hell. Is that what 9.99 transfers to? Yikes. Uh, Cursed Comics Cavalcade uh, is their, their Halloween effort this year. Um, featuring uh, short stories by a, a platitude of, uh, of creators. Um, he said, not knowing what platitude meant. Yeah, that's not what that means. Plethora? <laughs> Plethora works? What does platitude mean? Platitude, isn't that platitude like a um, something you say that's kind of a bit uh, of a meaningless like I mean, that, phrase? So like most things I say? <laughs> 
mean, <laughs> it's a you male. Said it, it's, not a, me. it's a male. It's a male platypus. Um, <laughs> anyway, this has uh, stories by Tim Seeley and Magdalene Visaggio and uh, Vita Ayala and Brian Hill and loads of people. Riley Rossmo. Yeah, some great, um, great uh, younger kind of writers yep. and, and, and and artists as well, as well uh, as Mark Buckingham. Now, before we review this, let's take a take it back one year to last year's DC Halloween output, which was a reimagining of all of uh, their their main characters as horror stories. Do you remember? It was all written by Keith Giffen, and oh. it was horrendous. No, I don't remember that at all. It was so bad. It was like, what if what if um, Superman came to Earth and killed Mar and Park Kent? Oh, Do you remember yeah. That? yeah. Yeah. Um, so this immediately, not like huge that. step up from that one. Um, and uh, yeah, we get a bunch of short stories about Swamp Thing, Batman, Wonder Woman, Guy Gardner, which was yes, a please. very fun one by Kenny Porter with art by Riley Rossmo. Um, the Demon, a great demon book act story. Really Probably my, great demon my favorite story. story in this, the demon story written um, by written and drawn by Gabrielle Hardman with Corinna Bechko. I love that Batman story at the beginning, though. Wow, what art. Yeah, excellent art. Um, that was uh, Gorehound Riccardo Federici that's yep. like some sick European art I want a whole book of this please yeah that was great um, I really enjoyed uh, Magdalene Visaggio's Superman story with Minkyu yep. Jung and uh, what else did I really like Vic- Vita Ayala's um, and Victor Ibanez's uh, Wonder Woman about the sirens I thought that was really great yeah that was fun um, and uh but yeah. come on, the Zatanna story say, illustrated Zatanna. by Mark Buckingham. Yeah, that was probably, like, uh, that was a real highlight. It was just so yeah. sweet and simple and, like, just what I want out of a Halloween comic, basically. And, Z- like, beautiful to look at. Yeah. So gorgeous. I love Mark Buckingham. I miss Fables. I miss the um, incredible uh, borders. borders that he yep. always does. Cause, yeah, uh, Zatanna in Haunted, Haunted Hayride. Ha- Halloween Hayride is the name. And basically she, like, scares a little girl's older brothers. Yeah. Who, who planned to scare her? And Perfect. it was just like, yeah, just like really simple and good. And I want a Zatanna Zatara like on the road when Zatanna's a teenager. Yeah, totally. Book. Give us ongoing that ongoing book. Maybe That's a, what I want. Maybe a good one for Chelsea Kane to write when uh, DC do the right thing <laughs> and steal her. From imagine if they did that. They should. They should. They should. That's, that's, that's a great thing for Will them. Will they? Do. Probably not. Well, she said that she wants to write the father daughter. Um, oh, did she? That, that's what that's what oh. her vision one was going to be all about. It was yeah, going to be yeah, about yeah, her, yeah. the vision and Viv kind of trying to connect and just do the exact same story, but make it magic instead of robots. Bam, done. Perfect comic. Um, yeah, I, I give uh, Cursed Comics Cavalcade a uh, deteriorating thumb up because it's, yeah, a, it's yeah, a zombie yeah. thumb. Mine's a half severed thumb because mm. they stole half my Spooky. thumb. Um, no, but I really do recommend people get this, even though it is a it's a pricey um, book. It's worth it. There's not as many ads in it. I don't think there's many I don't, other I don't DC books. Um, and it's really cool. You get like lots of. You know, I was thinking when I read this, this is kind of almost the perfect way that I like the DC universe to be. I don't really like. Like, I I get the shared universe element, but the continuity, I think, really fucks up the DC universe a lot. Um, And so I love, like, just little short stories. Let everything be self-contained. Don't let anything affect each other. Bam, done. (laughs) Uh, No ads. Except for the one. There's never one on the back. There's not one ad in this uh, this entire thing. That's worth the price, I reckon. Yeah, very, very good. Um, So that's Cursed Comics Cavalcade. Um, you mentioned last week that you were looking forward to the uh, Bernie Wrightson uh, collection. Yeah. Did you pick it up last week? No, but I flicked through it, and man, Bernie Wrightson was just the man. Lots like, of good, so gorgeous. Lots of good spooky comics coming out this, Absolutely. Uh, this month. Uh, over to Marvel now, and we have a couple of number ones, uh, starting with Spider-Geddon by Christos Gage, Dan Slott. Oh, I didn't realize Dan Slott was a writer on this. Uh, Jorge Molina and David Curiel. Love Jorge Molina. Uh, so it's based on a story by Dan Slott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
And yeah, excellent art by Jorge Molina, first and foremost. Um, I think, as usual, the edge of Spider whatever comics are going to be a bit more fun than the main event. The main event is just them fighting the inheritors, which is who are pretty like yeah, dull well, bad guy to begin with. But it goes back to what you were saying about what makes the DC, um, you know, cavalcade of yeah. whatever the fuck, uh, so entertaining is that it, it, all those edge of Spider Verse. Car- um, <laughs> uh, comics are, are, are contained, you know, one shots. Exactly. Until, like, you know, at the very end, they get brought to whatever this event is going to be. Um, you know, so you know, going in, you know, when, when the front cover is like 20 Spider Men leaping. Leaping out at you, taint first. <laughs> uh, you, you know what you're in for. It's yeah. going to be silly. Um, and uh, it looks like um, Dr. Octopus, who is now. The superior uh, octopus. octopus uh, Who of, could he be? What a good secret identity. But I thought it was fun making him like the reason the inheritors are able to come back because he's yeah. using tech that he shouldn't be using. And I like yes, that. And I like the sort of. I, as a, as a character arc for him specifically, if that's all it is, then I'm fine with that. Yeah, and I, I liked that um, this. Uh, focused more on Miles Morales than it did Peter Parker in yeah. the 616 universe. I think that's a, a clever idea. Um, I mean, they really... I mean, this is working so hard to try and tie in with um, Into the Spider-Verse or whatever. Yeah. Which is a, a smart. Yeah, that definitely. looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so you, you, you finally saw Venom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Venom. Venom. Uh, I liked it. Yeah, you enjoyed it? Um, yeah, I liked the aesthetics of Venom. I thought he looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, I like. I love Tom Hardy. I would watch. I just him love Tom Hardy. Do anything. It was a bad forever. movie that I loved watching because of Tom Hardy. Yeah, and I loved their their cute little banter. That was good fun. And I liked Michelle Williams, even though her hair was very strange. Very odd. Very strange. Hair and eyebrows. Very odd. Weird choice. Um, but Tom Hardy, great. Did you, and what the, was did you like the lobster scene? Did I like the lobster scene? I did like the lobster scene. I can, um, I can scene of the year potentially. Yeah, possibly. That was pretty good. That was a good scene. And I thought Tom Hardy managed to do, uh, like, funny funny and serious at the same time. Like, imagine if at the end of Infinity War, Thanos snaps his fingers, and then when his other arm pulls up and he's holding a lobster. And just and starts he just eating rips it. rips into it. Yeah. Improve the scene. That's much better. Exponentially. Already, I like that movie way more. But the five minutes at the end of um, Into the Spider-Verse was amazing. How good was it? It looks so good. That's my most anticipated movie of the year now. Absolutely. Um, but Spider-Geddon... Fine. Fine. Absolutely fine. <laughs> like, I'll I, still I, read it. Good fun. Yeah, Good definitely. Fun. Actually, really, you know, a, a big fun dumb event that yeah. I, I, I was expecting. I actually didn't like the Spider Get an event that much. No, l- last one when they were like the Inheritors, I totally blanked out who they were. And when they showed up in this issue, I was like, uh, uh, these boring uh, guys that uh, like uh, look up, like that haunt, like hunt the webs or something silly. Yeah, they're like, we need to eat Spider Men. Cra- are they Cravens? No. Nah, they're just they're they're bros who eat Spider Men. Because there's like a whole bunch of there's more than just one Craven. Dan Slott did some crazy arc where there's like 10 Cravens as well. That's bad. Like all of his family. Dan Slott, you have a lot to answer for. Well, that's what happens when you do like a decade's worth of (laughs) Spider-Man comics. But not all killer. Um, X-Men Black number one. Oh, sorry. X-Men Black Mojo number one came out this week. uh, Written by uh, comedian and host of Comedy Bang Bang, Scott Aukerman. Uh, with incredible art by Nick Bradshaw. What, what I, whenever he shows up in a book, I'm just so excited. Absolutely. Especially when he's drawing like one of the most grotesque characters <laughs> in the Marvel Universe uh, in Mojo. Uh, we also have art by Andre Lima Arajo and uh, colors by Guru FX. Um, and uh, this, yeah, one shot um, entitled uh, Mojo Rising uh, was extremely entertaining uh, because basically, like, you know, in his latest plan to kill all the new X-Men and just go back to classic X-Men because as a true fan of the X-Men, that's what Mojo thinks he deserves. Absolutely. Uh, so he, he plays the role of a very entitled comic book fan, an older reader, if you yes. will, uh, who doesn't like all this new diversity going on. Yeah. And uh, 
My well, favorite. Yeah, sorry, I like. There were some really funny bits. Like Scott Alkerman has spent some time on the internet. Clearly, I love the bit where Manja goes, "I don't mind some change here and there, as long as it's organic. <laughs> I just want good stories." <laughs> Which is something that I read way too often on the internet. Absolutely. Um, and it was very funny to see it uh, put here coming out of Mojo's mouth. Um, but yeah, he, he goes uh, to be undercover um, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and try and put the moves on uh, someone here, a, a woman in, in, a, in a coffee shop that he has a crush on um, and who should step in but, and give him tips but Glob Herbin. My fave. Um, Love who you, Glob. Is the uh, uh, fluorescent pink. Uh, Skeleton in a jelly suit. Yep. Very, very fun, underused mutant, and uh, written in a really, really sweet way by Walkerman. Yeah. Um, who just like, you know, even though everyone is so awful to him because he's disgusting, uh, he still tries to be a good person and, yeah. and, and treat people with respect. And uh, Mojo learns a thing or two from him. It was really sweet. Really uh, sweet, funny, beautifully illustrated. If, like, I guess, I guess that these little X Men black issues are just like a way to bring back Apocalypse. Is that yeah, what's happening? I'm not even reading that um, back up. Yeah, it's the backup's, so boring. The backup's real boring. Um, but if we get like, you know, we got this issue out of it, then I'm very pleased. Um, did you like the new mutant, mutant introduced in this? <laughs> who's, mucus. Yeah, who, mucus who spits on uh, X23 <laughs> so she can fly faster. <laughs> it's so dumb. And then as he's, the first page his panel is on, it says mucus created by Scott Aukerman and Andre Lima Arajo. <laughs> Good. I love a I love a new useless mutant. Yeah, favorite kind of mutant. Um, very fun and silly. Yeah, really fun. I'd read an ongoing of that. Love Mojo. Yeah, me too. Now. Um, I love uh, Mojo now. <laughs> well, uh, Mojo, it can be so tiresome, but yeah. if it was written like this and there's like super self-aware, not, no, not aware at all, like, you know, analogy for yeah. comic book scene, that would be very entertaining for a few Absolutely. issues. Let Orkman do more in Marvel, I say. Absolutely. Um, issue number one of What If Peter Parker Became the Punisher? Uh, we came out this week, written by... Carl Potts with art by Juanan Ramirez and colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Um, last week we got What If, um, not Eddie Brock, Flash Thompson became yeah. Spider Man. Now we get What If Peter Parker Becomes the Punisher. This uh, is turns s- out like basically the same shit as normal. Yeah, yeah. If, even, even though Peter Parker is the Punisher, the Punisher is still created. Yeah. Um, Turns out you can't not create the Punisher. The Punisher is eternal and forever. So it's a Spider-Man. He has always been here. He will always be here. It's largely redundant, though. Yeah, like all the same things happen. Yes. Um, And yeah, whatever. This is very little change. It's fine. He still becomes Spider-Man, but he just has a Punisher symbol on his chest, and that's the only way in which he's the Punisher. Oh, he also like kills everyone. Yeah. But that's like it's very little difference. I reckon this was invented. Made me a better Spider-Man. This is invented to, to one day become a, uh, a skin in a in a video oh. game and a, and a stu- yeah, action figure. Is that the new? Is that the new writing stuff to become action figures? It's certainly it's cheaper to writing do. stuff to make a skin. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's go over to AfterShock now. Um, hey, someone needs to tell Kings Comics they need to pay for Spotify so we don't hear Spotify ads in the Kings Comics. Imagine if we heard our Spotify ad. <laughs> oh yeah, true. That would be horrible. Um, AfterShock Comics. Um, this week put out a book called The Last Space Race, written by Peter Calloway, with art by Alex Chabau. And I can't remember what happened to this. Uh, it's like he's like a tech billionaire who wants... He's basically like a Richard Branson crossed with Elon Musk type. That's right. And he's like, I want to go to space. I'm going to get... The government wants me to go to space. Yay, I'm going to go to space. It's a suicide mission. I love space. Is that it? Yeah, and there's a really heavy-handed uh, kind of awful panel where... 
He's, he's, he's given some bloody shoes by a child we assume died. In a dream, though. It's a dream I, sequence. I thought that was his daughter. Is that his daughter? Yeah. I assume it's a dream sequence, though. Because it, then he wakes up and goes and cries in an empty child's room. Subtle. I wonder what happened. So his child's, what could have happened? Yeah, yeah. This is fine. Sure. Just not. I, like, I, I could use, uh, I reckon, 20% less stories about... Uh, billionaire genius philanthropist tech bros yeah I don't find that an especially compelling or sympathetic uh, role in this day and age yeah unless they call people pedos yeah then I'm all in (laughs) (laughs) just Uh, smoke one blunt on camera and I'm yours forever Um, Black Mask uh, put out The Devil Devil Within number one um, which is uh, written by Stephanie Phillips with art by Man House and colours by Dee Caniff um, who does most of Black Mask Colouring. Um, and uh, this book was set in the Philippines mm-hmm. um, and features a couple um, who go back to... A, who are moving into a new house and um, one of them, whenever she goes into a mirror, um, she sees like a demon version of herself. That's run-of-the-mill demon possession lesbian love story. Yeah. So I can kind of... Like, this. This was fine, but it, I think there's enough really, really great horror comics out at the moment that this didn't some do of wh- anything. Some of which contain lesbians as well. <laughs> Wait, what else? Um, uh, Thingo. What, uh, the, the one that we love. Uh, the Jodie Jody Blair one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, Redlands. Redlands. Um, yeah, I just don't, I don't know if this is doing anything like different or special enough for me to read issue two. But there should be lesbian versions of everything, so I keep, keep it up. I absolutely agree. Yeah, good <laughs> job putting lesbians in your Demon Possession comic book. Um, now put something interesting in it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it, it was, besides that like small twist, uh, yes. it was a pretty run-of-the-mill uh, horror book. Maybe it'll get more interesting as it continues. I might give it one more issue. And also, if you love Demon Possession, as I'm sure many of you do, as a, as a genre, as what? a mini-genre within the horror genre, then this is for you. There it is. It's not for me, though. Hey, Siobhan, if uh, you've read all of these uh, books, the best place to come and talk to them, talk about them, talk, come and talk to come these talk books. To them. Come Come into King's Comics and talk to the shelves, and we will politely ask you to leave, uh, but um, we also still have, worth it. We also have a Facebook group, the Serious Issues Facebook group, in which uh, very, very good people talk about very, very good comics all day, uh-huh. and Identity Crisis. Uh, <laughs> um, you can join our Facebook group. Why will being a controversial like, uh, issue? What's that? Oh, I just, I just oh, yeah, I, 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 I don't refuse... Every every few months, someone tries to do a new post about an identity crisis in there. It's not funny, and it, and it's just it's the same argument for <laughs> and against it each yeah. time. Like it's a pretty good book, and also there is also some, there's some rapes in it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 Never these conversations I don't, I, I don't, about House of M. House of want, M doesn't get brought up every like <laughs> three I months. I don't <laughs> want to discourage conversation, but also I'll just keep it in, the, in one place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll bump an eighteen-month-old thread. Oh, absolutely. Why not? Because then, then people go, oh, identity crisis, I'm going to argue in there. And most of them will say that they've already made all their arguments 18 months ago. Um, anyway, can only hope. What a great sell I've done for our <laughs> Facebook group. Facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. Yes. Come join us. Absolutely. Oh, hey, you know how you mentioned the demon before? Mm. You know how Andrew Constant, local writer, um, did the, did the Etrigan the Demon series last year? Yeah, Hell is Earth. The trade paperback is coming out. On the 1st of November, Andrew Constant is going to be at King's Comics signing it. On the 1st of November, you 1st say? 1st of November. Okay, it's going excellent. to be good fun. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Uh, he's also a regular um, uh, buyer of comics here. Yes, he always comes up to me and he goes, <laughs> Now I know what you do like, but 
what's the shit you really hate? He loves. He always loves that too. Loves it. He loves always, it. He always like. I, I, whenever I leave out here with a bag, he's always like, "Show me what you got." And, uh, and he's like, <laughs> "What are you reading this for?" I'm like, "Because I read everything. <laughs> Just read everything. <laughs> leave me alone." <laughs> um, anyway. That'll be great fun. I'm going to ask him lots of annoying questions. And I made him promise that he would talk in rhyme the whole time. So no, Just like you did. Exactly. Um, it's catching. Excellent. Anyway, just thought I'd bring that up. So now let's go through uh, the rest of our reviews. We've got a whole bunch of them here. We're going to start with Marvel this week. And, uh, Look what I read. Earth's Mightiest Heroes in the Avengers number nine, featuring a, uh, a different take on the Submariner, Namor. I love him in a little bolero jacket. Yep. It's a good look. He's still bare-chested, but he's not bare-shouldered. Absolutely. Uh, I guess those the sexy shoulders the way Namor it's <laughs> indecent he has a uh, slightly longer hair than usual nice and nice and wavy yep love it I actually really like this oh, I actually really like this look for Namor it's a bit like um, 90s not 90s like a um, it reminds me a bit of Frank Quietly um, X-Men it reminds vibes. me a little bit of bit um, what our boy Shtepjan uh, Sejic yes. was doing for Aquaman. Absolutely. Uh, David Marquez is the artist on this one with Justin Ponzo on colors. Um, and uh, yeah, similar similar vibe. Um, yep. Very very luscious uh, looking Namor. Absolutely. Uh, written by Jason Aaron. Um, and now we see Namor return as the threat. He is uh, protecting his ocean and uh, anyone from Earth is not welcome. Any, any of those goddamn land walkers, they're not welcome. And that includes the uh, Avengers who... Uh, plunge headfirst into the water to confront mm-hmm. Namor after he takes uh, some prisoners hostage. Uh, I really enjoyed this. This is great. Um, uh, Namor does gorgeous. Some, David Marquez is great. Yeah, David, uh, Namor does some pretty uh, heavy shit. Yep. Uh, he, but that's kind of what his character does. He's yeah, absolutely. A, he's, a, he's, he's very, very proud, a proud Atlantean. Yeah, he's not, a, he's not a hero. He's a king. Exactly. And he's going to do whatever he needs to do to keep his stuff safe, including... Is that a okay? Is this man? Is he wearing a killer whale suit, or is he a killer whale with a human's face inside the mouth? You uh, got to assume he's wearing a suit. Right? Yeah, I reckon we're wearing a suit. Good um, fish people. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think this is a fun arc to set up. But it looks like they might be playing the game where they set up a bunch of potential threats, mm-hmm. and then we get the story where they all Turns come together out, at yeah. the same point, which is great. Yeah, I'm fun. into it. I love it. And I love the like classic nature of having like Namor be a Avengers bad guy again. That's yeah, good. Definitely. Um, and you know, obviously with his history with Cap, it works. Absolutely. Referencing something classic but making it new. I like it. Now on the other spectrum we have Infinity Wars number four, uh, oh. written by Jerry Duggan with art by Mike Diodato Jr., colours by Frank Martin. This was a mess. Oh boy. Uh, this Oh uh, boy. So the Marvel Universe has been folded in on itself and a lot of characters have uh, mashed up together. Um, look, I feel like we gave Jerry Duggan enough compliments last week for his excellent new series, De- Dead Rabbit. Yes. Um, we can lay into him a little bit here. Absolutely. Jerry Duggan, you write the worst Wolverine that I think I've read in like a long time. But isn't it, isn't it Wolverine mashed up with No, Emma no, Frost? no. When he goes back to being Wolverine and he goes to the fridge and goes, wait a second... Just let me brew up, me and brew then I'll up. get ready to go. What? What do you mean? Who's ever said, let me brew up? I'm going to brew up. And sure as hell Wolverine has A never t- said tech that. tech bro Wolverine might say it. A frat bro Wolverine. <laughs> and then a, a monster. I don't know what these monsters are, but they appeared out of nowhere. And then it starts, it smashes all of his beers, and he goes, you killed my beer. I like that. No, I don't That's like funny. that. This is a bad Wolverine, and I don't like it. So basically, uh, Loki is assembling all of the people that are going to help him fight Gamora and get the soul, all the, all the stones back or whatever, and yeah. and write write this mashup. 
Um, and uh, Mike Diodato's art is so confusing to follow in some of these uh, pages. There are some bad faces. Some real bad faces. Some bad women's faces. You know what? I want Mike Diodato. <laughs> yeah, I know. I want Mike Diodato to draw the Hulk, and that's kind of it. I think <laughs> he can draw the Hulk really, really well, but. Um, you know, faces and expressions and little details are not really his strong point, and it comes across really badly in this. And the panel structure continues to be really confusing. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know if I would like this more if a different artist was on it, because it is just like, no. you know, a run-of-the-mill kind of dumb event now, um, which I thought it was like kind of skirting around, but now it just feels like a, like a big dumb event. It is, it is a big dumb event. I Yeah. Everyone's got to write one at some point. All of our favourites have. And now it's Duggan's turn. Also, he really looks like he's photo-referencing Kim Kardashian for Gamora. Don't you reckon? <laughs> Maybe. Some, some confusing uh, photo reference. The funny thing on. about this is I have no idea what the end point is or when it is. Like, yeah, are we just going to get another? I don't really care. You're still going to get reading, though. Yes. Because <laughs> I have to. Um, Venom. Issue number seven now. You, did you pick this back up again? I did. I did. Yeah. I didn't really know what was going on, but I read it. Uh, Donny Cates uh, writes his own with Ryan Stegman on art. And, uh, Goddamn you, Ryan Stegman. Exactly. You say you love Mike Diodato drawing Hulk. I love Ryan Stegman doing symbiote bullcrap. Yes, please. Big, Sim- symbiote, gross, sorry. I know how to pronounce words sometimes. Like this one page? Mm. Mm, she's pointing to a good. particularly drippy Venom page. Good, good, good. Liked it a lot. Um, but yeah, we learned that uh, uh, kind of like basically like after after sacrificing uh, himself, um, or rather the symbiote kind of sacrifices itself to save mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie Brock. Um, Eddie is now, he, he can't communicate with the symbiote, but the symbiote still lives within him and is his protectorate. So he still has access to Venom's powers. Um, and he's in a holding cell at the whim of uh, a returning character that I, um, like all of Donny Cates' uh, surprises, I was not expecting I at all. I was not expecting that at all. I didn't know if this was something that had been like slightly drip-fed to you over the nope. um, series, but that was a big surprise for me, and I liked it. Good job, Donny Cates. Good job being constantly surprising. And, uh, yeah, at the end of this issue, Eddie Brock learns that Flash Thompson is dead. Um, yeah. Which I thought was common knowledge, because it happened at the end of uh, Spider-Man 800. Die? I can't even remember that. Uh, I love it. He, uh, what, what, like, what's his name? Carnage... You know oh, how, yeah. what's his name? Uh, Go- Green Goblin Carnage. The, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. That, red, that mashup. Red Goblin or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Not, he he kills him. Okay. You know what was the weirdest thing? So I did a King's Kids Core Day um, last Friday, which so we, was mental. So basically, Siobhan invites children to come to King's Comics and do colouring in painted, and play games. Three children asked to have their faces painted as Carnage. <laughs> under eight. Three children under eight. I was like, how... Like, I don't know where they found out about Carnage. So you, you pulled out the, like, uh, the curly red wigs and painted their faces <laughs> like Woody Harrelson, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. There were a lot of freaky little clown children around the city on Friday. That was weird, though. That was so weird. <laughs> um, but the Venom Conic, very, very good stuff. Very good. Very, um, very good. I wasn't sure if I was going to like this one as, as much as I did all of Donnie Kate's other things, but I absolutely am. He's a clever man. Uh, the Immortal Hulk continues. Oh, <sighs> Yes, uh, written, it does. Written by Al Ewing with art by um, Joe Bennett and uh, Re Jose on colours. Man, Joe Bennett. 
Yeah, he just gets better and better with each issue, I think, too. Yeah. I was worried about, like, you know, this turning from less of a horror book into a superhero book because in this one, the Avengers team confront Hulk mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and I have a big fight with him, but he handles the fight scene so well and I love he still maintains the Hulk as this horror character, yeah. but everyone else is, like, you know, a regular superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, so there's some really fun... Like, obviously, Al Ewing pays attention to the current canon and, like, um, there's really fun uses of, uh, I guess, like, MCU-leaning kind of... Uh, uh, aspects of the of the Avengers characters, like when um, when the Hulk smacks Black Panther, he turns purple because his mm-hmm. suit's absorbed, mm-hmm. like you know, as much as it can absorb. And um, Iron Man's in the Hulkbuster. He draws a outfit. great um, Black Panther as well. Definitely. Um, yeah, it, this was like a, heaps of fun. I loved the fight between She Hulk and Hulk. Yep. Um, and I love Joe Bennett's take on what She-Hulk looks like. Yes. So good. Like, yeah. looks like a Dark Horse horror character. Absolutely. Because why shouldn't she also be terrifying? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And the, the, like, the dialogue that's happening in that fight, he really encapsulates so many things about like the, the essential qualities of Hulk and She-Hulk. Like where he goes, um, see, I was everything Banner wanted to hide, everything he pretended he wasn't. You were everything Walters wanted to show the world she was. Ugh, yeah, you're so good, Al Ewing. You're so, so good. clever. You fucking nailed that. Uh, and so, yeah, maintaining that this is absolutely a horror book. Uh, yeah. the, the final page sees uh, Hulk separated in, in all, many, all, many jars. Many jars. Uh, an excellent final page. Brilliant. Um, and uh, I can't wait to see what happens in this series next. Absolutely. I hope lots of people are reading this because it's I, yeah, it's, it's a doing ton of really, fun. really well. The reviews are excellent. It's selling really well, and I'm really pleased because it should. Yeah, great. Um. So, uh, the Hulk wasn't the only character to seemingly die this week in his book. Oh, man. I didn't... What? Oh, no. Oh, we also man. got we got the death of unbeatable Squirrel Girl this oh, week. Man. In issue number 37, uh, written by uh, Ryan North with art by Derek Charm and uh, colors by Rico Renzi. Um, such a good issue that opens at the funeral for Squirrel Girl. We don't know how she's died. Oh, no. But we quickly meet two new characters um, who call themselves um, <laughs> Bass Lass... <laughs> <laughs> and and fish miss great, um, which is very obviously um, Squirrel Girl and her roommate Nancy wearing fish heads on their head yep. and dresses, um, and so they're they're at the funeral as um, uh, many heroes uh, eulogize Squirrel Girl in an excellent double page spread featuring lots of characters from not just Ryan North's run on uh, on Squirrel Girl but also like there are references to like Bendis's uh, mm-hmm. New Avengers book and um, from when she was uh, the babysitter for yeah that's right. And, yeah, Jessica Jones and there's so many great moments in it, um, and uh, uh, we quickly learn that so- that 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 someone has imp- been impersonating Squirrel Girl, uh. but they quickly realise that Squirrel Girl is getting a funeral, but um, uh, Doreen Gray is not. So th- whoever right. was impersonating Squirrel Girl didn't realise her secret alias. Right. So that's the big clue, and uh, the big twist at the end is that well, not a twist. The realisation is that it's a scroll. Oh. So not Ryan North is going to do an extremely fun scroll story. Cool, I love it. That's a great way to set it up. Uh, Ryan uh, Derek Charm's art is just so excellent Phenomenal. now. Like, I, it, I remember just, when we were like, "Man, is he going to be able to do this?" And then he was like, "Oh wait, I'm actually great." I think it was more the the, the first story arc that he did. Yeah, was a, it was a lot less uh, like fun character. Like he didn't he didn't get a chance to draw all of the cast of Squirrel Girl, like just kind of yeah. like her friends and, and Squirrel Girl. Whereas, you know, like the whole entire Marvel universe is essentially a cast in Squirrel Girl's book. And so seeing his takes on all those different characters is a, is a ton so of fun. fun. 
Um, and uh, we see all of them in this. This is a great, great issue. Great, great start to a run. Uh, read this one before the next one comes out so you yeah, can cool. uh, read along. Nice. Uh, over to Spider-Man now, The Amazing Spider-Man, issue number seven, um, written by Nick Spencer with art by um, Humberto Ramos. Um, and we also have, uh, even though it's not properly credited, uh, we see uh, Steve Lieber show up for um, uh, two double pages. Um, it happened in the last oh. issue as well. Uh, there's a uh, there's a explanation okay. as to what happened. What what what? Because obviously Spider-Man is now um, roommates with uh, Boomerang. Boomerang and Boomerang, of course, used to be um, bad guy. Bad guy in uh, and, and the leader of the Superior Foes of Spider-Man, which is a book that uh, Nick Spencer did with Steve Lieber. And yeah, so we went when we uh, there's a great reveal in this. Come on, mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. Yeah, right? that was funny. That, that, that was good. Boomerang's just lonely, and so he's made LMD versions of his old uh, <laughs> old friends who he's betrayed to just hang out and play poker with him. But they keep breaking down because the models are. They're built for combat, not companionship. And uh, when it's, it's not even that, they're actually like perfectly good friends until he tries to sing with them, yeah. and because of copyright <laughs> infringement, they can't sing. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so this is just a, a really sweet little story of like you know uh, Pete. Parker, aka Spider Man, you know this. You read comics, Pete. Um, uh, good friend Pete, and uh, and Boomerang becoming uh, becoming pals. Yeah, it was cute. I liked it. It was good. It was like a, a good. It was it was a like a bromance done well. Absolutely. Which uh, Spencer is prone to doing quite often. Yeah. Um, not women. Not women. Bromances though. Bromances though. I don't forte. know if I care about the ongoing like yeah, bad guy. I don't like this either. So who is that bad guy? Yeah, Do we know no. who it is? Some like bug wielding blue headed guy. Yeah, he's that- got a really big like centipede that hangs out with him and Fisk is scared of him, so I guess we should all be scared of him. But I'm not. And you can't make me. Yeah, so I guess yeah, um, Fisk is being controlled by this gross zombie character. Yeah, fine, yeah, I guess. Yeah, sure. Sure, we'll see what that. Uh, final Marvel book this week for me is X23, issue number... That's the one there. Oh, I forgot to ring Captain America. I'm a dummy. Issue five of X23, which is the, I guess, the... Um, Finale to this opening arc, um, yep. written by Mariko Tamaki, um, with art by Juan Cabal um, and uh, Marcio Fiorito. And uh, colours by Nolan Wooded. Um, yeah, and it's brought the the end uh, to the first arc in which um, uh, the Morris uh, fighting the cuckoos. Yeah, the the the, the, the once quintuplets, um, the, the the five cuckoo sisters. Well, three mm-hmm. the, the three remaining cuckoo sisters have uh, basically tried to resurrect the uh, the fallen two, and one of them is evil and one of them is good, and uh, each of the souls has been uh, transferred to uh, Laura or Gabby, um, and they have to fight each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really, really fun and, uh, and, and, and great finale to this great opening arc. So beautifully illustrated. I love Juan Cabal. I love the um, new costume that he's given Laura. Yep, she looks me great. Too. Gabby looks great. Everything about this is great. Really sweet ending. I, I'm, I hope this team continues. Um, yeah, definitely. It's amazing. It's so good. I'm very keen for the uh, for the next arc. I hope it's something a little less heavy because it's actually got quite heavy towards the yeah. end. Um, so I'm hoping Mariko Tamaki does a, a lighter episode, issue for the next one. Although this does end with like them having Gabby and Laura celebrating a birthday. So that is pretty fun. Yeah, it was very sweet. It was a nice, sweet ending. Yep. Um- hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Um, so I also read um, Captain America, issue four, by Tanahisi Coates and Lionel Francis Yu. I'll read um, as soon as we finish recording. Such, such good Alex Ross covers. Also on Hulk at the moment. But yep. um, the Captain America ones are really, really great. Really iconic. This is kind of fun. It's a bit of a... Uh, I read through this quite quickly because I was running a bit behind on reading all my comics this week. Um, but I like this. I like, uh, you know, Coates' sort of ongoing medi- meditations on, like, being American um, through this book. I think are very, very interesting, very clever. And uh, Leonard Francis use art is exceptional and um, I like the ongoing story arc to do with Sharon it's great how about the overall plot is it starting to really kick into gear yes I think that the the plot itself is starting to come together like the first couple of issues I've been a little bit like I like I don't really understand what's going on I don't really feel like this is that compelling or engaging Um, but this was a great issue with lots and lots of action um, and some very interesting plot stuff on top of his whole you know America, yeah. what is it? Stuff that's going on. And a great Taskmaster fight at the end. Oh, cool. Excellent. Very good. I'll be really enjoyed stealing this from you right now. Um, I also read Iceman issue two by Cena Grace, Nathan Stockman on art, and Federico uh, Blee on colors. I picked this up and then looked at the art and I was like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah, the art's not heaps for me, um, but I've really become quite fond of the way Cena Grace writes Iceman. Great. It's kind of funny because I don't, you know, you know me, guys. I don't love... Um, pop culture reference stuff. Sure. I think that he does it in quite a good way. It's sort of on the verge of not being for me, but um, I do... I'm okay with it. I'm okay with him talking about sort of gay dating apps and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty funny. That's not pop culture. Yeah, but I mean like, you know, references to our world. Sure. Um, and this issue sees him uh, teaming up with Emma Frost to rescue Emma Frost's gay brother from her um, abusive father's clutches. And I think it's sweet. And uh, this version of Iceman is very funny. And he wrote a great um, Emma Frost. I wish the art was a bit better, but I did enjoy this issue. Great. Awesome. I will continue to Good enjoy to hear. it. Um, and then I also read issue seven of Domino by Gail Simone and David Baldion with Jesus Albertov on colors. And so this is um, the book in which... Domino is owns a floating casino with her two best friends, um, whose names are Diamondback and the other one, Cowgirl. I can't remember what her name is. Whatever her name is. Um, but this is just good fun action stuff. I think that David Baldion's really good at that kind of um, comedic action. 
Um, and Gail Simone knows how to write Domino. She knows how to write female friendship. And she knows how to write really horrifyingly violent and gory stuff. Um, and I think this is like uh, an underrated fun book. Man, and I just saw that, that, that Morbius shows up at the end, so yeah. I'm going to be might be jump. I might jump back on this series for a Morbius issue. That's fine. It's worth it. I think it is. I think Gail Simone's take on Morbius will be very fun. Love Gail Simone. Gail Simone's take on everything is good fun. <laughs> uh, so over to DC now, and we have uh, issue four of Superman by uh, Brian Bendis and um, uh, Ivan Reese. Um, you know, this feels very much to me like. Um, He's kind of doing two different eras or two different styles of Superman book yep. in either one. And a this good is one much and a bad one. <laughs> well, and like, this is the bad one. This is very much like the 1970s. It reminds me of like the uh, is it Jose Luis Garcia era. Okay. Is that the dude's name? I think um, uh, art-wise, make, it just makes reminds me too much of 90s and early, it's very, early 2000s events. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Um, but I, I, still in, I, I still do enjoy this book. I like the sort of... The Earth's trapped in the Phantom Zone. Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Yes. There you go. Um, I think it has very much vibes of him. So when, when it cuts to a flashback of he and, um, and John Kent talking together, uh, yeah. see, I like that stuff. Oh, really? See, yeah. that's the bit that I think I don't like. Because there's an element of Superman that I really like in uh, that comes across in, say, like Grant Morrison's Superman books, where Superman is this kind of... He's the best of humanity in a kind of almost unapproachable... But super, I don't know how to explain it. He's sure. like the best dad ever. And I find this version a little bit too relatable, a little right. bit too down to earth. I sure. want it to be a little bit above us all okay. the time. Okay. I don't necessarily really want to see that side of him. Um, I don't need him saying, I'd pop Batman's head off. Yeah, that was weird. It was a weird moment. I'm not into that. I get what Ben is trying to do, but I need yeah. to like it. Um, but I still, I still like this series. I still think it's good fun. I think he's doing something different with Superman anyway. Uh, my favorite thing about this arc is Adam Strange uh, just like <laughs> floating in space trying to figure out where Earth has gone. And that's cool because that's a repeat of a joke, but it's also like, oh, we thought Earth went back to its place and now it's obviously gone somewhere else. Yep. Not, good. but it's not in the Phantom Zone anymore. Where is it? That's good storytelling. Um, it I, is. I just think that it was too soon to bring this annoying Rogar Blah, whatever his uh, name yeah. is, back but as, I like, as a I like antagonist. I like the slightly 1970s aesthetic. What's his name? Rogal Blah? Rogal Zah. Rogal Blah. Rogal Blah. blah, blah, blah. Um, hey, guess what I picked up? Look how good this cover is. It's a gorgeous cover. Who did this cover? Stanley. Uh, it's Archer. Archer covers. Uh, Art, uh, Stanley Art Lau. Archer. Okay, right. Archer. Sure. Yeah. Um, his covers sell for a billion dollars. Really? An actual no, bill? But. Um, hey, the interiors are really good on this too. So this is uh, issue 23 of um, of Supergirl, written by Mark Androko with art by Kevin McGuire. King of facial expressions. Um, I actually think that they, 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 uh, they wrote the story together and Androko did the dialogue. Um, we got inks by Sean Parsons and Wade Von Grobadger and colors by FCO Placencia and uh, Chris Sotomayor. Um, and uh, this is just like, even though I had not read any of uh, the lead up to this point, uh-huh. and uh, there's no recap page in DC books for some stupid reason, I still just kind of immediately just figured out where I was in the story. And this yeah. is just a super fun space action book as um, Supergirl in a weird new costume uh, is trying to investigate like the disappearance of Krypton. Um, and uh, she, with she does that by uh, crypto. Yeah, we just got crypto with him, and, and they infiltrate the Green Lanterns. Um, in this I- issue, and there's a big fight, but like as she tries to tries to escape the clutches of uh, of the various Green Lanterns, really, really fun. Yeah, and she's saved by Mogo. Oh I yeah, I love. I that. think this is like again, this feels um, almost like a 1970s space uh, 
thing. Well, especially because like the, the the villains that show up at the end of this look like straight out of like a like a like um, black black crystal or something like that, dark crystal or yeah, something like that. Yeah. They look like Muppets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I love this. I really enjoy this. I think it's good fun. I love this version of Supergirl. I think I even like this slightly goofy new costume. I like that she's carrying around a big axe. Yeah, I like that crypto's in it. There's a yeah, lot definitely. to enjoy about this book. Kevin Maguire's art rules. Absolutely. It's so, I love it's Kevin for this Maguire. Book. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, nice surprise. Thanks for getting me to, uh, to jump on this one, and I'll definitely continue to read it. No worries. Uh, also, uh, continuing uh, comics that I've recently jumped back on is uh, Wonder Woman. Issue number 56 this week is uh, the continuation of the Witching Hour event that's uh, crossing over with uh, Justice League Dark. Uh, we should point out that all of the main DC books this week got foil covers, and Normally, like, you know, yeah, gimmicks are dumb. but I love a gimmick. These are re- very More good. gimmicks, please. These covers rule. Yeah, it was good. They look, all, most of them are really, really excellent. Yeah. Catwoman one especially was really cool too. Um, I definitely read this, but I don't know where I put my copy. Yeah, so but this is still written by Jason Tinney in the fourth, who's also writing the Justice League Dark uh, James. Uh, issues. James, just call him Jason. Justin, whatever. J- James like Tinney in the fourth. Um, and uh, art by Emanuela Lapacino. Uh, so pencils by him and... Um, Inks by Ray McCarthy, colors by Romulo Fiato Jr. Um, art slightly different from the Justice League Dark stuff, but fits it really, really well. Yeah. This is my favorite kind of uh, DC in-house style. It's slightly left of center because it looks a little bit like, I don't know what, what there is about it. There's something a bit Euro about it, I guess. Yep. yep. That I really love. I pay that. Um, and uh, yeah, this is a, a really cool, basically they... Um, there's some bullshit, you know, world-ending magic event happening. And so they turn to Cersei for help. Um, Cersei what? being, of course, like one of uh, Wonder Woman's oldest uh, foes, who is a witch. And mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. upon learning what they're running from, Cersei teams up with them. Um, well, this is a really fun, fun issue, and this uh, this event, I'm, I'm 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 surprisingly enjoying quite a lot. Absolutely, this is great. If you love like the magic side of the DC universe, this is so worth tracking down and um, reading. It's really enjoyable. Dead man's in it. Dead man's in it. Detective Chimps in it. I love Constantine's the- in it. Zatanna's in it. I love the take on Swamp Thing as well. He's uh, love the take he's on really Swamp fun. Thing. He's like actually written with like it's a, in an amusing way for once. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I like this a lot. Love it. Good job, uh, James Tinian, the fourth. <laughs> yeah, the third, the three ones before you have done nothing like this. Agreed. Uh, Batman Detective Comics issue number nine hundred and ninety came out this week. I think I skipped an issue, so I've suddenly two faces in it. Uh, this is written by James Robinson with art by Stephen Segovia. Um, I love the art. Um, yeah, really, really great. Um, and we we commented in the first issue of this run that it feels like a uh, detective comics uh, that we haven't seen in a long while. Just a really classic Batman story. So many of um, these books that we're talking about feel like throwbacks, um, but I like it. Yeah, me too. Uh, and uh, this is just yeah, like a, like a perfectly kind of like normal kind of detective uh, story. Batman v Two Face. Um, and it's but but Two Face is like you know the, the Harvey side might be coming back, and yeah. and he ends up saving a bunch of cops and. Uh, there's a big shootout at uh, GCPD. Uh, it's it's enjoyable. Absolutely. Good fun. Good solid art. I like it. Yeah. Way, way more than I was anticipating from James Robinson. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, it helps. Two-Face is probably my favorite Bat-Villain. Um, and so it was yeah. cool. It was cool to see him in here. Um, and it looks like the next issue is going to be a nice issue featuring the two of them again. Lovely. Good stuff. Um, Catwoman, issue number four. Written by Joel Jones with art by Joel Jones and Fernando Blanco, um, colors by Laura Alred and John Calise, um, and this dealt with um, something that I wasn't sure they were going to fully commit to, as far as something that happened in the previous continuity that most of which has been forgotten about. Um, but uh, Catwoman uh, catches up with her sister, yeah, and um, 
I remember blanking this part of Brubaker's otherwise perfect Catwoman run out of my memory. Yeah. I, I knew that it was Grizzly, but I could not remember how Grizzly. Basically, during that great run, um, Black Mask, who is a new, more vicious Black Mask, <laughs> tracks down Catwoman's sister and her husband and kills her husband, then forces Catwoman's sister to eat her husband's eyes. And that, that, sends, is bad. that sends her in a, into a catatonic state. Uh, which is what she is still in in uh, this new continuity. Uh, and they do a great job of aping uh, Darwin Cook's style in those flashback scenes. Yes, definitely. Good job. Yeah, really good job. It's a, I love that double-page spread of the, 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 the big, far throwback of um, uh, Catwoman and her sister as children at a Halloween parade is really, really awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah, interesting thing to bring back. Yeah, but, you know, I like it. Like, good on you, Joel Jones, for taking something that's like, a bit sus history and making that the focus of um, your arc. I think that's like a brave move and I think that she is good enough to do it in a way that is interesting. Well, it definitely plays into her previous, um, you know, like Lady Killer is a horror book kind of and this is kind of, that's played as a horror scene. It certainly was in the Brubaker run originally too, but I remember tonally that that movie is, that that, that run is so, um, so fun and, um, and, uh, you know, character driven that that, that one arc is like it's, it's a weird sort of very very it? dark. Yeah, but um, uh, but I like this. You know, I think with a lot of Joel Jones stuff, it doesn't feel exploitative. It feels earned, um, and so I'm okay with her taking on this fairly difficult topic. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I was just surprised. Talk about how much I love her. Like I know it's subtle, but the the costume redesign. Oh yeah, mm, it's, it's mm, terrific. Mm, it's so good. Very terrific. It's so good. I love it. Um, so I read uh, Suicide Squad this week. Oh yeah, yeah. You may remember in Pop-up. early in early episodes of Serious Issues, I read every issue of this book run, and then suddenly I was like, "What am I doing with my life?" and dropped it. <laughs> uh, but uh, Daniel from the Serious Issues group recommended I read this one because uh, we often talk about how much we love uh, dodgy uh, Captain Boomerang Australian oh, yeah. dialogue, and this is a one shot about Captain Boomerang. Uh, he's been revealed to have been a uh, undercover Australian agent this whole time, what? so he's granted one one day of immunity to go and do uh, a, a job in Australia. What? Um, so this entire thing was written by Rob Williams um, with art by Philippe Briones. An colors agent by for who? ASIO? No, Is no, he no, an ASIO just agent? Stra- just for Australia. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and um, there's heaps of digs at Perth in this, which is funny. It's always right? funny. Um, and uh, just Wait, like, who wrote this? Rob Williams? Rob Williams, who's done the regular stuff art. about how does he know things? Well, it's How does a, he know we all hate Perth? He's been, it's an ongoing thing that he's been making jokes about Perth uh, right. throughout his run, but he just really lays into it like three different op- different uh, opportunities too in this, uh, nice. in this issue. And it was very silly. Like, you know, it has moments of heartfeltness that I don't need from a Captain Kubrick story. Absolutely. But uh, they're there and they're not bad. Okay. Um, and it was a really, really solid one shot with just some really funny, dodgy Australian dialogue. But does he, done use, does in a he really use the C word at all? No, he doesn't. doesn't oh, well, call then how can it be Australian? I don't yeah. understand. <laughs> uh, you, the C word's convict, right? They That's use exactly that. They, what they I use meant. that a lot. That's what um, we call our friends. But uh, yeah, they're, they're fighting an arms dealer called the Bunyip. Great. Um, and uh, there's a yeah, there's a fight atop the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Um, Great. It's very, very, very silly and fun. And uh, the there's like you know, kind of ties into his his past and also like you know, an illegitimate child that he may be the father of. It's fun. Cool. Uh, unfortunately, we're not going to get more dodgy Australian uh, adventures because the next issue is going to be about Rick Flag versus Amanda Waller to the death, which uh, I'm good. That's yeah, fine. I'm fine with that. But let me know next time there's a Captain Boomerang uh, special because yeah. I'll always read that. He is actually always. a really good character. Yeah. Yeah, and there is like this. There's a moment where like you know he's viewed upon as a loser, 
and like you know that he's gonna fail and then he's like you seriously think I'm, I can't pull this off I was like one of the rogues man I brought <laughs> I brought down the flash a few times like yeah. I'm good at this yeah. and I liked I really liked that in it because he's, he's totally played only for comic relief in the Suicide Squad yeah. uh, movie and comic but uh, it was good to see him be capable in this it was fun good nice. issue really good issue actually cool. glad I read it uh, let's do Plastic Man um, so I read Plastic Man issue 5 also written by Gail Simone and art by Adriana Mello and really it does like this and Domino fit together so well it's like a cool double bill of like comedy action books with a heart and we get both um, of them uh, in, every every week they both come out like every month they come out the same week it's a, it's a very nice treat for me um, and this sees Plastic Man going to Dr. Kirk Langstrom to see if he can help him cure him from being Plastic Man because he doesn't feel like he could really be a good dad <laughs> um, looking the way that he does being the way that he is um, and I thought that was like sweet and horrible and this has Eel trying to be a good guy and trying to do the right thing and it kicking him in the face um, oh man that bit really made me sad it's all to do with the little kid that he's been looking after and the stripper that he started dating um, <laughs> and then there's also some sort of big bad superhero nonsense going on but I just love I love um, Gail Simone is so funny and she does things that are so... Um, I love her ongoing efforts to normalize sex workers in superhero comics. <laughs> Great. I enjoy it. Excellent. I enjoyed it a lot. It is an ongoing theme. It's a good one, too. Um, let's talk about Michael Cray, um, the Wildstorm miniseries that uh, had its 12th and final issue this week. I have fully lost what's going on with this. I have no fucking clue what's going on in this comic anymore. Bro, you don't have to worry anymore because this is the last issue. Oh, um, what? Yeah, Brian... I didn't... Brian Hill wrote this with Warren Ellis, art by N. Stephen Harris with Dexter Vines and uh, uh, Ross Campbell in colours. Um, and uh, yeah, so this, this started out as like a kind of freak of the freak kind of book in which Michael Cray would uh, have to track down and murder an alternate reality version of uh, a DC hero, except they were actually a villain in, this, in his universe. Um, and it was really, really fun series for the first eight or so, yeah. so issues. But these last uh, like five-ish issues have all been um, centered around uh, this version of Constantine and Wonder Woman. And uh, this Wonder Woman has existed for centuries and also like decades, I guess. And is kind of like basically like killed many other people to, to get to the position of power that she's in now in which uh, Constantine is convinced her that she can summon uh, a portal to either her home world or like something that will, I don't know it's basically summon a, a portal right the best element of this comic now is uh, the conversations between Michael Cray and the alien demon that lives within him I really, really loved that, and it made me wish that I that 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 was an ongoing thing for longer mm. in this series because those are the most fun uh, scenes in this final issue. But yeah, when this ended, it feels like the end of a prelude to something, not the finale of a twelve-issue series. Yeah. So, like, yeah, you kind of like now what when it's done? Um, but uh, it was mostly enjoyable, and maybe it'll read really well in trade. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but it, it definitely uh, was not didn't finish the way it started. And yeah, well, I absolutely. should it, but, you know, would have been great if it did. <laughs> uh, so over to House of Whispers now, um, which is one of the Sandman universe books uh, written by Nalo Hopkinson, 
with uh, Dominique Domo-Stanton and John Roush. This is another one that I'm really confused by. I really want to like this, and there's elements, like there are individual scenes that I read that I'm like, ah, this is great, I love this. Um, but I, I uh, over, overall, I don't really understand what's going on. I have decided that I don't need stories set in the Sandman universe, and I'm just going to look forward to all of the new stories that we're getting from the Vertigo imprint. I think that's kind Instead of, of like I, I, I yeah. think we've got one or two new number one issues to get from this, but like I don't know I would rather that all these creators just write so, like I would love a, a Simon Spurrier and Bill Cos Everly book for example yeah, totally. where they just make up their own shit. Um, I feel you, but yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it, it, it's that thing of like trying to ape Neil Gaiman, which is like yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to say that Neil Gaiman is the best writer ever, but he's distinctive. Absolutely. And it's hard to try and do the same thing as him in a universe that has his, you know, stamp all over it. Well, trying to ape any anyone is difficult unless you're, like, doing a parody of it. So, yeah. yeah, and I mean, like, there have been... Like, I'm quite looking forward to the Lucifer book because I love the Lucifer comic. I think that was always brilliant. Um, and there are great examples of, like, stories happening within the Sandman universe. I'm just not sold on these yet, unfortunately. Yeah. And this this is, like, this House of Whispers is does feel like a new thing, but yeah. this issue is so reliant on, on them being in the Sandman universe, like, as in actually in... The, 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 the land of dreams or whatever that yeah. it just felt like oh I'm already getting this in the in the dreaming book and I don't like that very much either so <laughs> why would I read this but I like I like the sort of uh, the contemporary family um, yes definitely that, that we that keep sort of uh, visiting yes um, totally agree I wish it was there was more of that yeah same because I don't really I'm not really following the rest of it unfortunately and I think some of that is down to the art not being that clear storytelling wise there's some interesting panel layouts that I like. Absolutely, and on a book with less magic shit, I think that could be really fun. But it is like it's a hard to follow book. Yeah. So that is that. Um, let's talk about some image books, Siobhan. Yes, please. You can kick it off. Let's talk about Unnatural issue four by Mirka and Dolfo. Mirka, Mirka, Mirka. I'm going to say Mirka and Dolfo. Colors by Gianluca Papi, great name, and letters by Fabio Emilia. Um, and this is the story uh, about animals and you can only have sex with the same animal as you and if you don't have a partner by a certain age you are set, sent off to a breeding farm yes um, to meet your perfect partner and we're following our hero who is a uh, pink pig with blue hair um, <laughs> who keeps having sexy dreams about a sexy wolf man who may be from her past or her future who can say um, and this is really silly but it's incredibly enjoyable um, her Andolfo's art is so uh, fun and sexy and she's great at like there's some really violent scenes in this and she really kills the action sequences as well that's great um, and the ongoing story is actually pretty compelling about this sort of secret society um, with sort of vaguely occulty overtones who you know they might need to save the universe or, or at the very least save true love from <laughs> something bad happening um, and the lead character is pretty fun. I like this. It's Great. silly. It's good fun. I'm glad. Good, glad, good to hear it. Um, so let's talk about Sleepless, issue number eight, <coughs> written by Sarah Vaughan and uh, art by Leila Del Duca. Um, I'm so glad that you enjoy this because this is a straight up romance comic. Oh, but I love romance it's not. shit. Like, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. nice. Like uh, so often, these are sold as like you know, romance is not a genre that for boys. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's great. I. 
The only kind of romances that I don't like is when it's like boring period setting stuff. Like, so your favorite shit. <laughs> I fucking love it. Um, Can't this even is make eye contact. That's the hottest shit of all yeah, time. Right. Yeah, yeah. Did I tell you I tried to watch Pride and Prejudice, the BBC one, with the lovely Nate, and I had to turn it off because I was like, you're not paying attention. <laughs> you're not appreciating it. Take your headphones off and stop dancing. <laughs> <laughs> he was reading a book. I was like, that's, no, oh, absolutely. So absolutely not. Uh, I watched... Um, the Beauty and the Beast remake. Oh, Not yeah. that that's any high caliber or anything. No. I hated it so much. Have you seen that? Nah, nah. I can't be fucked. It's so bad. The um, it's just people doing the same thing as the animation, right? The, that's yeah. not going to be as the good as the animation. The animation is so good, and like, but the Beast is played by um, Matthew Crawley. From, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like, it's just so funny to think that his character was like unceremoniously killed in a car accident so he could make Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Worth it. Uh, Absolutely worth it. Anyway, if, anyway. You to, if you want to hear me complain about that, listen to the latest episode of Hey Fan, which I spent about ten minutes doing so because I hated it. <laughs> uh, but Sleepless, Sleepless is a comic that I would never complain about because it's the best. Oh man! And, and this has a great like. Mm, oh, they mustn't. Yeah, absolutely. So we basically our, our, our main character um, was in love with her knight, who is a sleepless knight, meaning that he took a vow of sleeplessness, and he is. You know, alert to the to the many things that he needs to be to protect his uh, his princess, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but, Lady Pepenya. But when you are sleepless for so long, you start uh, drifting, drifting, and that is like basically you go mad. And so he, uh, at the end of uh, book one, he falls asleep, and uh, at the end of last issue, he woke up after I guess a, a few uh, months pass. Months, yeah. Um, and in that meantime. Lady Pepenya has been uh, engaged to another man, and so this uh, issue is the wedding issue. Basically, it's a, it's a. She doesn't. Uh, what I love is that, like, she is being not so much being forced, but she. It's, it, it is being highly suggested that she marries this man who is not despicable. Yeah, like you know, normally in in in, in setups like this, that the guy, the, the guy that you're being forced to marry sucks. Yeah. And he's not great, but he's not like a horrible ogre or an old man or anything like that. Well, he's nothing compared to the Sleepless Night. I'll give you that. But, no. But like he's not evil. No. Which is what, what, or like, you know, he's not a bad guy is what I mean. Um, and uh, so she's kind of made peace with that. This is just what she, need, what she needs to do. And of course, then the night goes and ruins it all by waking up and then kind of being a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> which is in, in a great scene. Uh, and it's so good, guys. Yeah, you're right. This is just a straight up romance. Will they? Won't they? Yeah. Set up now, like you know, they, they trick you into into getting in the story with this uh, mystical sleepless night uh, subplot, and now and now it's just shirtless dudes sword fighting. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's like it is beautifully illustrated, um, and it's so compelling and it's so fun. Well, for me, and it's I just love like, it. it's just a wonderful change of change of pace to yes. all the other books I read. So yes. yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll always uh, read these. It's just something so different to everything else. Like for years and years, the only place where you could have gotten something similar to this is in manga. And I'm just, I'm so pleased that we're getting stories like this in Western comics. Um, it's just a delight and the colors are gorgeous and it, like the period dress is beautiful and I love it. I absolutely love it. It's perfect. I think I'm going to, um, tackle one of your favorite mangas uh, over oh. Christmas. Like as in like I want yeah, yeah, I yeah. want a recommendation for it. I was thinking 20th Century Boys because oh, okay. I saw they just started re-releasing the um Yeah, I'm awesome currently new... reading 20th Century Boys and it's amazing. Yeah. For the first time, I've never read it before, but I love everything Urasawa does. And they're doing these big editions. They've also um they're doing all these cool big editions of Sailor Moon. The Sailor Moon manga's excellent. Okay. I really recommend I it. I believe you. Um Full Metal Alchemist, uh-huh. excellent, really great, big, beautiful hardcovers of that. 20th Century Boys, excellent. Great. Read so, it. Yeah, but if you want me to if like you can put your foot down and say, like, no, Levin's oh, needs a certain God. kind of manga in his life. Think on it. 
Okay, all right. I'm going to have Because the romance stuff, like, I love Fence so much for yeah, it being yeah, yeah. that weird, like, sports romance comic. So, something okay. that, something like, you know, I know, I know you always talk about sports manga. So, if there is a, a sports manga that I should uh, potentially pick up, okay. that's all something right. I'll be open to. I'll something with, about. like, less than 10 volumes. Nah, <laughs> that's okay. That makes it more difficult. But we'll I, I, don't, I don't need to read all of it, do I? No, nah, no. Nah, but nah, I probably sure. will, knowing me. I've, yeah. I've never tapped out of anything before. Um, Issue number four of Farmhand came out this week, written by written and drawn by Rob Gilroy. Um, and the more I read this series, the more I'm just like, I'm so glad the series exists. I know. It's just like, it, it doesn't look like something that is going to be, you know. It doesn't look like there's something that's going to be good. Right. Frankly. And then it's excellent. Yeah. Uh, so basically, this is about like a family, an estranged family, a strange uh, son and his family, uh, two children and wife, mm-hmm. uh, moving back in with his uh his father, on his property, his father is now um, someone who grows human body, body parts. parts from trees. He's cracked the code. Um, and uh, this, uh, this, fo- this focused on uh, that father's sister. Uh, yep. Okay, our main characters. Sorry, this, that fa- yeah. His, his, the daughter of the same guy who's growing trees. I fucked this up in a big way, but you get what I'm saying. And she is an ex-Marine who we learn is actually a secret agent uh, who is giving the government secrets on her father's business. It's fucked up. Yeah, it's crazy, and it's such an interesting uh, position for a character to be in. Especially, like, I love the fact that she is, um, so she's a veteran, and she lost her leg in the war, and instead of allowing her dad to give her a f- new leg, she uses a um, prosthetic. Yeah, that's a great reveal in this, yeah. And, great uh, reveal. Yeah, I just, th- like, this is actually setting such a really, really rich story. Yes. Like, it, it, a lot of thought has gone into this, and I like that, like, you know, Rob Gilroy, who, who's only done two in the past, and of course, Chu did have a long 60-issue run, but he wasn't the writer of that. And I, I love the ambition that's gone into this. Like, you know, this is yeah. the kind of book that, like, if it doesn't take off, and I assume it's selling pretty well. I have no idea, but um, I hope so. Yeah, I, you know, th- this is the kind of story that, like, you know, it would, it would ache if, if it had to be cut short because you can tell he's uh, setting something enormous here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, with so many different facets. Um, so good. Not what I was expecting from this at all. I thought it was just going to be a straight, you know, goofy comedy book. And it's, it's actually... It is a it's, goofy it's pretty comedy l- book with an incredibly serious, like, plot yeah. coming through. But also, it's about family. It's about relationships. It's about politics. It's about... Yeah. So much. One of my favorite books right now. It's great. Absolutely. Really, it really, really is. Great surprise. Oh, damn it. I, you know what? I think it was because... This week, the, for the first time in, in forever, I suffered the same fate you do, and I had to pull all my books off the shelf this yeah. week, so I think a few things weren't available anymore. And uh, one of those things was Crowded. Issue 3, written by Christopher Sabella, um, pencils by Rose Stein, Ted Brandt on inks, and Sharona Farrell on colours, Cardinal Ray on letters. Um, and so this is the crowdfunded assassinations comic book that is doing incredibly well. Um, and it is still good fun. This was a very, very um, fast-paced issue. We're introduced to a new, very scary um, bounty hunter uh, because this is a universe in which everyone's a bounty hunter and there are you know, bounty hunter tours um, on top of buses where civilians get given a gun and they can just um, <laughs> have a go at trying to assassinate someone. And we have a girl, and we don't know why she has been targeted for assassination, but she has the highest ever... Um, bounty on her head <laughs> and so she's with a uh, very how would you describe the bounty hunter the reluctant reluctant um, woman keeping her safe she's, and it's good fun I she's like essentially it. Wolverine yeah she's basically Wolverine in tight yeah. pants I mean Wolverine wears pretty new tight pants but her <laughs> pants are tighter um, but I like this she doesn't ask anyone to brew her up unfortunately 
but um, <laughs> it's, a, it's this is a good comic. It's good, fast paced action comedy fun. Great, I like it. Awesome. Um, so that is it for our Image, uh, Marvel, and DC reviews. And now we turn to other publishers, which is this week is this uh, exclusively Dark Horse and Aftershock. Um, we've got two uh, Dark Horse books to talk about, the first of which is the finale of She Could Fly, the four-issue miniseries that came out through the Dark Horse imprint Burger Books, started by Karen Berger, um, written by Christopher Cantwell uh, in his, uh, one of his first comic books, uh, previously a new TV writing, um, with art by Martin Marazzo, who we've loved on The Electric Sublime and Ice Cream Man, and uh, colours by Miroslav Merva. Um, Man. Yeah. What an emotionally affecting issue this was. Yeah. Like, this is this is... This is a book that has genuinely made me have feelings constantly, consistently throughout it. Yep. Um, the art is so good. This was like a really bloody, violent end. So, it's such a surprisingly violent book yeah. for like, a finale to this book. Um, and uh, we know that Martin Marazzo is excellent at that because he did like incredible violence in uh, all of his books. Yep. Um, and uh, he pulls it off in a way that isn't exploitative, but very confronting. Yes, absolutely. Um, and because, uh, of course, you know, so much it's of It's like this, this whole book, I would say. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, like, this is expertly written by Christopher Cantwell, but I really like, you know, Martin Marazzo, who is the artist on this book, you know, and we sing his praises every time we talk about him. The dude has like less than 600 followers on Twitter. He should be like one of the be most beloved massive. artists. He's such a good artist. He's so it's good, so, Absolutely his own style. Like I think the closest thing you compare it to is um, uh, Garth Ennis' regular collaborator um, who died. Steve Dillon? Steve Dillon. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's ele- elements of Steve Dillon in his artwork. A bit more subtle than Steve Dillon, less cartoonish. A bit more European influence? Yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, man, I just like, uh, this is a, a very difficult issue to, to draw and he knocks it out of the park. Like, yes, you know, it's grisly without being like, I cannot believe that without being Garth Ennis style, you know, shocking not, for the sake of shock. It, absolutely. It's meant to be shocking and it does yeah. shock you. Um, but outside of that, the story itself in which, you know, this, this whole book has been about a character who has a condition in, in, in which she always imagines herself as the most, evil sadistic version of herself so whenever she's in a room with some with you know people that she she loves loves. she'll imagine herself killing them in horrible 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 ways ways, and she can't do anything to stop herself from thinking that and it's a specific kind of OCD Um, and this is obviously like a very personal intimate story that he's telling and it's a hard read in places but it's so worth it and it's so ah, it's such a special comic and I'm so so thrilled that we're getting more like that's yeah, definitely that, that was the, that's that the best reveal. reveal of the whole. I mean, the, his comic. entire um, Chris Cantwell writes a, a great, um, great uh, epilogue. Yeah, send off um, essay. Uh, send off essay is a better way. Yeah, and and it's wonderful the whole thing about it. Like you know, of course, like you know, talking about how th- there's an idea going uh, going around that comics can't be good um, about and about real things and reflect the real world at the same time, unless the characters are white men. And he just wants to say that that's bullshit. But aside from that, he also talks about how excited he is to, to announce that there's going to be more characters set mm. in this world with these same characters. Um, I loved this series yeah. so much. And um, I, I think this absolutely puts Karen Berger's imprint on the map in a big way. Absolutely. Um, and makes it, makes it like one of the most exciting things going on in comics right now. Yeah. And Christopher Cantwell, I hope, you know, yeah. stays in this world. This, same. This frequently awful comic world that we love so much that... Uh, yeah, it's just a really, really exciting new writer, um, and I, I love this series. This is a perfect, perfect four-issue miniseries. Everyone should pick this up when it comes out in trade. 
Um, I, I couldn't recommend this more highly. I, I think can't. everyone would find something to enjoy in it. I know Dark Horse regularly do those like library editions of their books. Oh, I'm I will absolutely buy the shit picking out of that. that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, you owe it to yourselves to read She Could Fly. Uh, try and do it before the end of the year because this will absolutely be one of the uh, yeah. the runners for our uh, miniseries and probably comic of the year. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, you know, it's, it's, it's extremely different and extremely good. Absolutely. Just great shit. Um, so uh, another um, Dark Horse comic this week was The Quantum Age, which is from the world of Bl- the Black Hammer, uh, written by Jeff Lemire and Wilfredo Torres on art with Dave Stewart on colors. And there have been a couple of spin-offs from Black Hammer, which, of course, is uh, like, you know, now quite a long-running uh, superhero book that mm-hmm. Jeff Lemire started um, uh, a couple years ago at Dark Horse. Um, and this is the first spin-off that I was like, oh, I don't really know why this is you know, really existing. It's like his take on like, the, the Legion, League, of superheroes. Legion of Superheroes. Um, and it's, you know, it's fine, but like, yeah. all the comics that he's done in this world so far have been more than fine. They've been excellent. Um, and this was the issue that I was like, oh, this fucking rules. Um, yeah. How exciting. There's a brilliant twist at the end, a reveal that ties into the main Black Hammer book that I wasn't expecting. But before we see that, we get an excellent origin story of how the Legion esque group uh, formed in the first place. And it's really great and references the right kind of comics in the past, like so much of this Black Hammer universe has done so far. And also, like, just classic Jeff Lemire, incredibly emotionally affecting in places really well paced really uh, really good yeah really great really and, good and he always drops the kind of the, the 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 cliffhanger like when you least expect it yeah because I wasn't yeah I, I just wasn't expecting one full stop but to get no. one at the end of this issue I was just like holy shit like how is this this changes everything and ties it into the into the world of Black Hammer so much more and the um, cover for the next issue looks amazing. Well, and then I love it. This week we get um, the first uh, Black Hammer issue drawn by Rich Tommaso, mm. which is so exciting. Mm. This is like one, one of my favorite things in comics right now is the Black Hammer universe. It's so good. It's so it's good. So good. Um, and uh, the more we get of it, what, the better. What horrible secret is Jeff Lemire hiding? Because he can't be this good. Yeah. You know? Murders. Scrolls. Probably. Um, so He's we got been a life model decoy this whole time. Um, two of my favorite series right now. Um, uh, well, you know, very early on, so we, I can't say all time favorite, but I'm, I'm I'm loving these, and these are certainly some of my favorite books this week. Uh, published by Aftershock Comics. Um, the first of which we're going to talk about is the second issue of Moth and Whisper, which is written by Ted Anderson with art by Jen Hickman. And uh, we uh, we both really enjoyed the first issue of this, in which a um, two amazing spies um, who happen to be husband and wife have gone missing, and it's up to their son to use their prowess and uh and technology to kind of track them down even though they explicitly told him not to uh in the final message they sent to him before they died or you know went missing um and uh in this one he finds an unlikely ally um after he's caught out in uh one of his like espionage missions Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and it's just so well done i love jen hickman's art um and uh i think the story is just like really expertly paced and uh and pretty like really compelling and fun uh, more than anything. It's a spy comic that's just like that 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 Super loves fun. that loves being a spy comic and loves showing off of these dumb new technologies that would never work in real life. But that's why you read comics. Absolutely, and the art's so gorgeous. Did you already say that? I love. Yeah, it. it's great. Beautiful this, cartoony. Just a just a really really fun comic. Um, so uh, give Moth and Whisper a shot if you're looking for a new series to pick up. There's only two issues out so far, and they're both very good. Absolutely agreed. And Siobhan, I don't know I if know. these issues are still on the shelf. Yeah. Has anyone not. else told you about this? Like, no. This so hot lunch special. I, I loved the first issue, um, which Siobhan refused to read because someone eats a sandwich with somebody's fingers in it on the not cover. Not into it. 
Levens might be into sandwiches with fingers in them, but I don't like them. Small Town America Crime <coughs> book uh, written by Elliot Rahal with art by Jorge Fornes um, and uh, colors by Taylor Esposito. Sorry, um, letters by Taylor Esposito. Uh, Jorge Fornes colors his own stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, Hot Lunch Special um, is basically uh, telling a story about two families. Uh, one of them is uh, a Lebanese family who own a, uh, a food empire. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And the other one is a, uh, an Irish crime family who basically uh, allowed the Lebanese uh, food business to uh, succeed in the first place by basically paying them to um, act as, a, as cover to help, like, basically like cart drugs across right. America. And uh, after refusing to make a payment, uh, there has been an, uh, a, a threat gone wrong with uh, the person in the, in the Lebanese family who least deserve it deserved it uh, getting murdered oh no and uh, now we find uh, uh, the, the rest of that family going on a mission of, of revenge while the uh, these two dumb the, the, like the, the two you know classic Cohen brother kind of element where you have like the dumbest the dumbest members of, of the crime family uh, responsible for something that fucks up so many other people's lives I love this I know I've compared it to Fargo so many times but this could literally be the next series of, of the Fargo television series. Um, and it's just such a joy to read in comic book form too. Yeah, cool. This, it does look great. It's so great. The art is, uh, is, is perfect for this kind of story. And um, it's, yeah, I just like the, 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 the beats of the story, just like it, it, it's, it's exactly what I want in a crime book. Um, yeah, cool. And it's funny, you know, I read a lot, a lot of crime comics, but I've yet to read a comic that really nailed that kind of small time uh, crime family uh, vibe that the Coen brothers do so well in their movies and this one absolutely does so if that's something that's been missing from your life hot lunch special write it down a great one a great companion piece to like stray bullets as well cool um, yeah and one of my favourite books this week nice so everyone that is it for uh, this week of serious issues unless Ew. you are a Patreon supporter in which case you're going to get another 20 minutes to half an hour Lucky depending you. on how long we want to talk about the next books that we're going to talk about um, and so the quickest way to get the, uh, the post show Head over to patreon.com slash serious issues podcast right now and uh, sign up for a couple bucks a month. I think it's going to be the five dollar um, minimum uh, spend, and that will get you each week an extra bit of bonus episode. Um, so if that isn't enticing, if you already love the show, why not uh, support us and get more show? Uh, while you do it and it's only going to inspire Siobhan and I to read more comics and then talk about them for you so uh, please if you want to support the show now is the best time for you to do so absolutely and uh, we'll know straight away if this is a good idea or not hell yeah <laughs> patreon.com slash serious issues podcast thank you so much for listening thank you guys if you want to read any of the books that we talked about on the show King's Comics is the place to find them kingscomics.com or 403 George Street remember to look out for that picture of the canonically lovely Nate dancing at the Samsung but he building he doesn't have a beard now so you might not He's canonically him. canonically less lovely or more lovely, depending on your personal tastes. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, and, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week or in one minute. <laughs> Bye. Bye. podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.